0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. Interesting uh, times at uh, Hamilton City Council meeting the other day. It's all still being done virtually, of course. But Soni P. Councilor Brad Clark uh, put a motion forward. He's hoping to stop young people from joining gangs and carrying guns. The uh, Councilor says he is, there is overwhelming concern in the community about young people and their involvement in gun crimes. What I'm suggesting here is that we really have a good consultation and we create, much like many years ago in the United States, I believe it was Chicago, who had incredible gun violence, created Operation Ceasefire. We create a Made in Hamilton program. Well, uh, interesting. I'm sure it's going to pass council, and I'm sure there's a great deal of interest on in that. Hamilton Police Services, of course, have been uh, addressing this for the longest time. So to talk about this and other issues, we're pleased to welcome uh, Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen for his uh, monthly town hall as he joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show. Uh, Chief, great to have you back in the program. Hope you're doing well these days.
1: Hi, good morning, Bill, and thanks for squeezing this opportunity in to talk about gun violence in our community. Uh, Certainly, as we enter into a weekend where we have to celebrate and and be with our families, And, and being with our families is the most important to remind us we all have to be safe and happy.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about what initiatives the police services are doing. This is not, uh, Council Clark obviously is focusing on what's going on here and hoping for a made-in-Hamilton solution, but this is, a, this is an international, this is a global problem. This is going on all over in cities all over the world, really, but let's specify what's happening here in southern Ontario, because I know it's been an ongoing problem for a long, long time now.
1: It was certainly, Bill, and it's something that is not foreign to you and I. We've had these conversations, certainly during my short tenure in this seat but uh, also since coming here as a deputy uh, we have absolutely tackled some of the gun violence uh, project strong which we introduced in the fall of 2020 into the spring of this calendar year that actually spoke about um, specific targeting and reductions of neighborhood gangs in these gangs and these activities right now and i asked this question the other day and they talked about how are we dealing with organized crime it's the disorganized crime challenge that we have The last shootings we've had, to be specific about what has brought this back to the forefront have been 17, 18, 19-year-old victims of gun violence. This is a conversation that has to occur with everybody sitting at the table. In some cases, because of conversations internationally and nationally about legitimacy of policing, we end up having the school liaison officer program being suspended in some of the schools. The reality is, though, in order for us to have this conversation, each of us plays a role. Everybody has to have a hand in looking at a possible made-in-Hamilton solution, and I can tell you right now, right now, Bill, I'm sitting at the table already.
0: Uh, let's. Uh, I, I, I on record about my concern about uh, the the, uh, the you know the school liaison program getting cut. I thought it had some positive effects, especially in the early stages of of that program. But it, it is what it is, so you have to deal with the, the circumstances it is. But you talked about uh, the, a lot of the violence that we've heard about lately, Chief, as being what you called non-organized crime. Uh, what are these? Are these are these crimes of violence? Does this have to do with the drug trade? What what what's happening? I, I know that no no two are probably the same, but you know hear about well they say well it was a targeted uh, you know a, a, a attack on, a, on an individual it's cold comfort it's gunplay on our city streets and that's that's frightening
1: cold comfort absolutely bill you took the words right out of my mouth it's nothing for anybody to sit listening to this program right now to go well it's not targeted but the reality is these people are not skilled marksmen and they're they're looking at turf protection they're looking at whatever the makeup of their 15, 16, 17-year-old gang in order to be tough in their little area and maybe do sales of a few dime bags or some other level of criminality. And they take it personal and they use social media against each other. They ramp each other up. And the next thing you know, they find a gun, they get a gun, and they start pulling triggers. It's very, very dangerous. And that's why making sure that we understand what is actually the energy. But it also goes back to understanding the importance of the relationship with police the relationship with youth development. There are so many amazing programs that are programs that we see with City Kids, with Eva Rothwell, with Pro Action, where there is demonstrated ability for people to understand that at an early age, understanding the role of a police officer in the community and not looking at it as just negatively because of some other moniker or some other name or some other assumption, but the reality is we, we, by stifling a program, we then don't allow that program to offer maybe a helping hand or some sage advice or some support when somebody is isolated and once somebody is isolated as we know in pack mentality is these people will exploit them they'll take advantage of them and the next thing you know it becomes only alternative is to join a gang there are so many other things with sports and with academics and other things that these kids need to be uh, enlightened with and to be encouraged to go to and not default to just being part of a gang
0: chief i know you work constantly with the OPP and with the RCMP, as a matter of fact, on this issue, but where are the guns coming from? How easy is it for for somebody like that to access firearms?
1: Well, again, I agree really with technology right now. Unfortunately, there is an emerging trend with 3D printers and looking at other things that are causing us grave concerns that can be domestic oriented. The reality is with shipments of things through Amazon, et cetera. But the proliferation of guns, as you say, is not specific to Hamilton. It moves throughout the GTA. Uh, we work not only with our OPP and RCMP, but more importantly within the Golden Horseshoe. This weekend, I just attended an event up at uh, Collingwood with the uh, Association of Chiefs of Police and I can assure you that community safety is at the top of our discussion point talking about and those relationships to stem the tide of that movement of guns and the reality is as you know we're taking guns off the streets but we're taking guns off the streets at six o'clock in the morning with an impaired driver with a loaded nine millimeter we're taking guns every day off the streets because people have gotten to a point where they think it's okay it's not okay Bill
0: talk to us about the gangs you mentioned that a couple of times and I know there was a huge focus on that a couple of years ago uh, Hamilton Police Service of course had the guns and gangs uh, squad division that, uh, that was very active are, are gangs still a big problem we don't hear about them in the news a whole lot but obviously you're on the front line you and your officers are on the front line uh, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, Bill, again, uh, thank you very much for that prompt. But again, uh, a lot of people have assumed that the guns and gangs and other initiatives out of major crime were just a one-off. That's not the case. We, in fact, have teams put in place in the Hamilton um, environment that allow us to work with our whole of service, our frontline officers understand the intel, they understand what is is going on. Uh, yeah, we do have a, a gang issue within our community, but it's not as structured as what we have seen perhaps in the 80s and the 90s. What we are seeing again is just this um, small groups of people who seem to congregate and seem to find a name or something that might be relevant to their housing project or to their actual street address or their community. And those are the ones that are moving throughout our city. And and the commonality in this case, uh, again, is this proliferation of the opioid trade. So when we talk about the larger problem, Bill, and we talk about community safety and well-being, Please understand that, that all of these things are important. Homelessness, harm reduction, mental illness, all of these things uh, cause us great impact. And, and if we're looking at basically the proliferation of the opioid crisis, code red, and all the other challenges that we're seeing in our health envelope, our, our education, our housing, etc., these are things where we need to sit back and use the actual tenets of the community safety and well-being plan, and everybody go to a table, Stop your agenda, leave the agenda at the door, and understand that we're competing for certain provincial and federal dollars, municipal dollars, everybody is establishing the municipal budgets now, moving into 2022. Take a breath. Let's prioritize what are our problems in our community, and I can certainly say uh, one number one priority is looking after the opioid crisis in Hamilton.
0: I, I maybe this ties in with the, the meeting you had with the ontario chiefs i've been calling with the other day chief uh, but when you talk about community safety uh, talk to us about the the involvement and the i think the importance of some of these community organizations you touched on a couple of them a second ago city kids liberty for youths another one at Eva rothwell center and there are some some great living rock course downtown some great organizations uh, these are grassroots organizations that that are really doing what they can to try to assist
1: That's right, and they need to be at the table. They need to have those discussions. Unfortunately, sometimes people with the loudest voice get to have a seat at the table. The reality is we have to look across the whole city landscape to look at champions. There are champions out there, and we need to support them. Again, we're competing for the same dollar bill, and when we're looking at, for instance, the rapid intervention safety teams in regards to some of our challenges in homelessness and, and mental illness, it is making sure that we can afford to actually put in place programs. To your point, we have some incredible champions working with youth. If we're going back to our original conversation about uh, youth violence and, and lost youth within our community, let's make sure that we have give them an opportunity to age gracefully and, and raise a child in this city. Uh,
0: Very quickly, I want to get an update. Uh, It was just a week ago, of course, that we had the uh, incident in the west end of the city with that idiotic behavior uh, out near McMaster University campus. I know there have been some arrests. This is an ongoing investigation, isn't it, Chief?
1: Yeah, we've had a couple of arrests already made. I believe we're up to eight arrests right now, and we'll put this into context. This was 5,000 people. Uh, again, you started off by talking about what the weekend looks like and unfolding. It's a great time right now for every parent to sit at their table on Monday and Sunday at their dinners to talk about what expectations are of people who are participating in the community. We have a couple handful of people who unfortunately now have, have tarnished the reputation of great kids within our community. Uh, their their drunkenness, their, their behavior is not acceptable, and, and the reality is those 5,000 people are now marked by the activities of what 20 25 people who just took it too far
0: there's some concern here, especially from people in the neighborhood, because of the violence that occurred there, and of course the, the property damage that occurred. Uh, were police, and and by, by that I mean not just Hamilton police, but even of course the, the campus police, were they ready for this? Were they prepared for this? I mean, they they, they saw the crowd there, and there there's a concern. I know, uh, it, you know, that something might happen. The hindsight's always 2020, 20, but but what was was the staffing there? Were they the, were ready to to be able to handle something of that nature?
1: I've had the benefit over many, many years of working with staffing towards the workload and understanding that and having coming out of Toronto and looking at events like Carabana where over the course of a week and you have a million people take over the, the lakeshore. The reality is that the science of it is is really born on what we did and that is we work closely with Hamilton Fire, Hamilton Municipal Law Enforcement, McMaster Security and we looked at the operational plan. The intel and, and keeping in mind, intel now is whatever the social media media platform that is before us, and they seem to change every day. So actually, if you look at the actual math, uh, the 30 officers that were there and, and eventually augmented up to 45 of them, uh, actually by math, would have um, been able to manage that. I just want to clarify, though, that this wasn't truly just the, the you know, the, the things we see. This wasn't a riot. This was not uh, the gun violence or anything like that. This is just the behavior of, of, of drunken people who have lost control of their faculties for that period of time. It is not comforting to a community. I'm not saying that, but the reality is in perspective. Um, Again, uh, I'm glad things weren't worse. And I'm glad as well that the common sense of the majority of people understood that by 6 o'clock in the evening they were going to go home. There was still that handful of people that I guess the alcohol takes over and their behaviour is controlled by other vices. And as such, they still want to be silly buggers. So, yeah, that, I believe initially that there can be a lot of people who can Monday quarterback things, but there were adequate resources to deal with what ultimately uh, was just crowd management.
0: and 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 it's not unique to hamilton as i mentioned on the show last earlier this week after the incident i mean our london listeners know all about this i mean western and fanshaw have had incidents like this in the past as well and police have had to respond to this but uh, as we mentioned that's an ongoing investigation i got a couple of minutes left here chief and i do want to squeeze in uh, a discussion about a new program i think a very uh, interesting and i think a very helpful program that you call it's called the buy and sell exchange zone talk to us about that
1: yeah, we're not <laughs> we're we're not getting into being now uh, traders of, of commerce, but the reality is what we see, and and we're not we're not the only jurisdiction that sees this. But people are being exploited. People are being exploited by a, a, a shiny object or availability to get a, a reasonable price for a used iPhone, and then they're, they're getting ripped off. They're, they're going to a, a site somewhere with ill lighted ill lit and back parking lot and no other witnesses and getting robbed. Uh, so what we've done is we've created an environment up on Station 30 on Rymel Road, where we've got clear signage of two spots. It's in the forecourt of our station. It's well lit. Uh, it's not going to have a police officer. We're not there. We're not going to be a signature on on a, on a sale or anything like that. But we're there to maybe make somebody think if you're going to rip somebody off, it wouldn't be a great idea to do it in the pavement in front of a police station. And also somebody who's wanting to to move on a product or to look at something they no longer have use for and want to upgrade their their electronic device, maybe to give them a little bit of comfort as well say, hey, I'll meet you up there at station 30 at 1 o'clock and why don't we see if we can't do this in a respectful way.
0: And I know that you've uh, you've talked in the in the press release here about some of the other things that people should keep in mind. You know, if uh, somebody wants to meet you at one o'clock in the morning or someplace in a dark corner, uh, you, you better be careful. I mean, daylight is probably the best time to do any of these transactions uh, if you're going down that road. and this is this is good. I think it's going to assuage an awful a lot of the concerns that people have about this. Is this up and running now?
1: It's already it already is up and running. I in fact, uh, went up there yesterday to just look at it. You come into the parking lot. There's signage that will show you where it is. I can tell you, 20 years ago, it was not uncommon that people thought they could find a DVD player in a box and it, you know, it was wrapped up. They got home and it was full of telephone books or a brick. Because again, it's just the buyer beware. Uh, this is an opportunity again, just to give people that level of comfort cost us nothing bill it cost us nothing anyway a couple dollars for a sign and and the reality is if something goes bad on our turf hopefully we have the ability to just make someone feel a little bit more comfortable
0: uh good idea uh chief as always thank you so much for the time today and uh to you and yours have a great thanksgiving weekend and hopefully incident free and we'll uh, talk again soon
1: Thank you very much, Bill, and and to all the listeners as well. Thank you very much for the encouragements you give our police officers every day. It puts a little bounce in their step, and we appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Hamilton Chief of Police, Frank Bergen. Thanks again, Chief. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.